This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to People Talk. People Talk is about getting ahead at work, becoming a leader, establishing your personal brand, and motivating yourself and those around you. Hosted by Angela Hall, who has decades of experience working in the field of human resources, you can expect lively discussions about topics like workplace politics, dealing with difficult employees and clients, creating an inclusive workplace, and jump-starting your career. Here's your host, Angela Hall. Hello, and welcome to another edition of People Talk. I'm Angela Hall. I'm an associate professor in the School of Human Resources and Labor Relations at Michigan State University. At People Talk, we talk about all things related to work, career, balancing career with family, leadership, how to be successful at work, and how to navigate the political landscape at work. Well, speaking of politics, politics have been on the mind of many people over the last week or so. I'm recording this episode on November 11th, 2020. And I just checked um, CNN and they are reporting that Vice President Biden, whom I should now call President-elect Biden, received 77 million votes in last week's election. They're reporting that um, President Trump received roughly 72 million votes in last week's election. So that's a 5 million uh, vote difference, which 5 million is is significant. Um, President um, Trump um, this time, not only did he not get enough electoral votes, he also lost the popular uh, vote, but still 72 million people supported him. So what does that tell us? That tells us that our country is very much polarized. It tells us that people have different um, ideologies. It also reflects that a lot of people felt like, and to quote um, Michelle Obama and others, they had to vote like their life depended on it. And that applied to people on both sides of the political spectrum. I know that sometimes identity politics is um, bantered around and it's bantered around as something that is something that is um, ugly or it is divisive, but really at both ends of the political spectrum, you see folks who are fighting for what they feel is their survival. So what does it have to do with work? Well, we know that Um, our attitudes just don't stay at home. We take them to work. So what does that mean? So I was at the doctor um, a couple of weeks ago and I was being um, seen by one of the medical assistants. She was taking my blood pressure and she told me a story of a, a person who worked there and how she had a Black Lives Matter button on and um, the other person had a Black, Black Lives Matters on, the other medical assistant. And one of the medical assistants was white and one of the other, and the other medical, medical assistant was Black. And a person said, you know what? 
because of your button, I'm not going to come in anymore. I don't appreciate this. And the person said, well, I'm really, really sorry. And then he left. Now the medical assistant told the um, owner of the practice what had happened. And she got the backing and support of the owner of the practice. The owner said, you know what? If he's going to be like that, we don't really want him here. You have a right to wear that button. But it raises an important issue when it comes to um, the notion of how do you balance employees' rights to be political and to have free speech um, with the expectations or quote-unquote rights of the customer. And really, that is something that each organization is going to have to decide for itself within some um, parameters. So, for example, you couldn't tell an, um, an employee that, oh, no, you can't um, engage in any political activity. There are very few jobs where you can tell someone what they can do on their outside um, on their outside time. Now there are certain types of jobs like maybe like potentially like a judge or something like that where they can't be overtly political for like one side or the other. But most jobs you can't like tell people what they can do in their, in their private time. But what happens when they come in to your office? What happens when they want to have a Black Lives Matter um, pin on? Now, it's interesting to say, and I say this as a person of color myself, I've seen how 2020 has been. Of just a couple of years ago, even last year, Black Lives Matter was accepted by many people, but still there were a lot of people who didn't embrace it. And they felt that doing things, for example, like kneeling during the national anthem was disrespectful. But now we've seen employers do an absolute 180 with respect to the Black Lives Matter. Um, earlier this year, you saw a lot of um, organizations sending out emails to their um, customers and their employees saying how much they respect, uh, how they support um, civil rights, how they condemned the um, deaths of, of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. And these are things that we would have thought were like maybe at least me and, you know, I follow these things. I would have thought these types of statements were unimaginable, but 20, uh, just a year ago, but 2020 has been a very, very interesting year. It's been interesting because the pandemic has really um, shown us um, a bright light on his uh, injustices. We know that the um, face of a typical COVID patient is someone who um, oftentimes is an essential worker, someone who might be not as highly paid. There are a lot of brown and black people in roles like that who've been exposed and who to COVID-19 and who've actually um, um, died from it. So what does this mean? What does this mean to us? Um, so if you're an employer, you have to think about what kind of message you want to do. Do you want to straddle the line when it comes to employees being political? Do you want to try to appease everybody? Well, I like the adage that you can't please everyone. And if you try to do that, you will be 
um, very disappointed. Another thing that's important to note is that sometimes when you try to be apolitical, silence sends a message. So once you've gotten all these messages from other companies that you're interacting with, talking about um, Black Lives Matter or condemning the death of George Floyd or such, it makes it such that when you don't, when you didn't receive it for another company, are you thinking, well, don't don't they care? And what kind of message does that send to um, their minority um, customers and clients? So those are things that you need to think about. So let's circle back to the issue of being political at work. There are some organizations, like I was reading an article in uh, Forbes about Ben and Jerry's and how they have they how they have very publicly um, embraced the notion of um, anti-discrimination, anti-racism. And so that is one of the values of their organization. And so I imagine at a company like that, if you walk around with a Black Lives Matter button on, or think of any other type of social justice type of, of organization or movement, that that won't be as poorly received than maybe if you walk around another organization where they haven't made that type of stance and they have, they, they have customers who are from uh, both sides of the political spectrum that they don't want to offend. So some companies feel like going back to my story about the um, medical assistant, um, her, the owner of her practice felt, well, you know what, we don't want his business. If he is so offended by that, then and we, do, we don't want to do business with him, especially because we feel that um, this is a value that's very important to our organization. But how do, you, how do you think a company, think of a company, and I'm not beating up on any particular company right, like right now, but what do you think about a company that um, has like a wide range of people, like, like your grocery store? You have people from, everyone needs groceries, right? Everyone needs groceries. So how about your cashiers and your, and your, bag, and your baggers wearing, um, you know, political um, type of uh, insignia or, or saying those uh, or slogans or things like that. What does that mean? So it's interesting to also note that um, some, we've seen in this context of our election, some courts have said, you know, Black Lives Matter really isn't like a political thing. It's, you can wear a Black Lives button to a, like to get to vote because that's not like, a political like ad, like you're campaigning for a certain person. Like, so you can't wear, like I couldn't wear a, um, a Biden or Trump um, like hat or like button to vote that would be uh, prohibited, but I could wear Black Lives Matter. And, but it it's kind of funny, but funny like in a sad way that there were some poll workers that actually turned people away because there were, um, wearing like Black Lives Matter um, insignia or like just Black Lives Matter on them because they felt that, that was political, but that's not the case. So where do you draw the line? And how about things that are 
that go beyond just like wearing displays. Um, how about if people think that certain types of things are triggering or offensive? There's some people who may make the argument that the Make America Great hats are, uh, that there's some correlation between some of the people who, who wear those and uh, white supremacy groups or are people who are engaging in, you know, things that people may consider to be um, offensive or uh, threatening to others. Whereas there are other people who would say, hey, you know, I like, for example, President Trump because President Trump, you know, he, he shakes things up. Um, I was reading an article that talked about there's some uh, men who are attracted to President Trump because they say that he think he has a quote unquote toxic max masculinity. He doesn't hold, he holds no bars. So this is not that I hate you. It's just that we need someone who's not a, a career politician to shake things up. So where do you disentangle that? Because um, some people do actually think that a MAGA hat means that is this is is synonymous to burning a cross on someone's lawn or wearing um, uh, Nazi insignia. But like I said, there are other people who don't feel that way. So these are difficult types of questions. Do you ban all those types of things in the workplace? Now, the election is over. Um, hopefully we won't have another election like this for a long time or, uh, or never because it's very stress inducing to people. But think about it now. So we've talked about, you know, having displays, displays that may be offensive to people. But how about talking? You know, free speech is one of the basic tenets that the United States was built on. Now, I'm also an attorney. I'm, I'm an attorney and I also have my PhD in um, organizational behavior and human resources. But, um, you know, I think back to my law school times and when I used to practice law full time, I mean, free speech is a big deal in this country. But what does free speech mean? Does free speech mean that you have the right to do something that makes someone feel uncomfortable? Um, how about if someone is like super sensitive about things? Um, but is it a reasonable person standard? Do you, or do you consider the sensitivities of that individual person? The other thing is that people who have different experiences may feel differently about what is offensive and what isn't. So being a first-generation American person of Afro-Caribbean descent, I look at the world differently than, let's say, someone else who has a different type of background. Um, I spent a lot of my life in the South in the United States. I went to Florida State for law school and for, um, for my PhD. And maybe my experience living in the United States are different than um, that people might have lived in, so I lived in the South, then people who lived in the North, now I live in the North. For example, um, the Confederate flag is a complicated thing. It's complicated because, well, it's less complicated now. I think that the um, overall thoughts are that 
you know, it, it's on its way out. Even Mississippi has voted, I hear, to get rid of the flag, like as a state flag. But when I was um, living in the South, I met people who might have had Confederate bumper stickers on their car and or people who had it like on their the back window of their truck or something like that, who they were kind to me. They were nice to me. Do I think that they put those things to hurt me? No. Do I think some people would? Yeah, I do. I think that there are like some bad people, some white supremacists who use that as a scare tactic or something like that. But I don't think that those people that I met who necessarily had the flag, that all of them meant me harm or dead or anything like that. I think that as things change over the last 20, 30 years, or even the last year or two, people are having different views of those things. So it's becoming less politically correct and people are realizing that the history of slavery is, is enduring the lasting effects, their lasting effects of, um, of slavery. Um, the term that I like, uh, it's called the vestiges of slavery. It lives on. The, the problems that slavery caused still live on of people of color, right? Uh, with the systemic issues that are uh, all across the United States. But it doesn't mean that people aren't trying. It doesn't mean that people can't learn from their mistakes. And it doesn't mean that we can't have what I'm trying to do here. I can't really call this a discourse because this is a one-way communication, but to talk these ideas out. So what do you do in your organization? Do you have like um, lunch and learns where you discuss these issues? Do you have policies where you say you can't discuss anything political at work? You know, I'd be reticent to do that. Um, how about what customers, you may talk about that you don't have a policy that you don't talk about things that are controversial or things with customers. I think that might be a little better, but still um, it may come up. And also I'm afraid of the, the, the limitations on speech. So what do you do? I think what you do is it's very important to have some type of expectations of behavior in the workplace. I talked in my first episode of People Talk about how people who, um, of how diversity uh, training programs, a lot of times they don't work or they don't have the intended effect that you want them to have. But that doesn't mean that there aren't things that do work. Like having a culture that is um, inclusive and respects people for what, uh, who they are, the contributions that they have, that they can bring, um, their diverse perspectives and understanding that different people have different lived experiences and that will affect them. I think that is pretty clear despite there are some naysayers that are out there that systemic racism is a thing, that systemic sexism is a thing, that systemic ableism is a thing. I can, I, I, I take for granted that I can see and hear and walk and talk. And sometimes I don't realize, I don't think about, yeah, but how about someone who can't? That's ingrained, that's ingrained in us as human beings. 
But the notion of um, practicing perspective taking um, is very important. And also the notion of setting the stage that we could think about two things. First of all, we want to think that when we interact with people, we want to adopt the rules that physicians have, which is do no harm. We don't want to hurt people with our interactions. The second thing is as a person who may be a recipient or, or like a person who, who's receiving um, like uh, information for people from communication, communing with pe communicating with people, the notion that to try to do your best to understand their intent. I'm sure that sometimes people say things that may be hurtful or what have you. And I'm not saying that to give them a free pass, but to under, try to understand their intent. A faculty member that I am very close to said to me once very recently, I don't think you're like a lot of other black people. And I didn't know how to interpret that and we had a conversation about that. And I said, you know, I know you are, you and I are friends. We're, we're really close. You know, I can tell you that I know that you didn't try to say anything to hurt my feelings or make me feel bad about myself. And, but I have to tell you that some people of color would be offended by that. So I'm just giving you a heads up for you not to put your foot in your mouth. So I guess what I'm saying is that you need to, to create a culture where people feel that they can um, express themselves. Um, you need to build a culture as a leader where people are, they talk, they can talk about their intent and they can say, hey, you know, I didn't mean to offend you. There is a um, diversity um series called Ouch That Hurts, and it has a workshop, and it, I've never done it, but it has really good reviews, and it talks about that, you know, when you just tell people, hey, you know, that hurt, that can really go a long way in shaping their behavior, and, you know, because as human beings, one of the things that we have, uh, we're not the only animals that have this, there are even studies that have shown that rats have an empathy, but we have empathy. And in general, most people don't want to make other people feel bad. Now, I know that there are your sociopaths out there, your psychopaths, your cruel people, your mean people. I'm not talking about those. But I think if you try to have a healthy engagement um, and transparency and, and adopting a, um, and trying to cultivate a climate, and a culture in your organization where people feel valued and respected, it will go a long way of bringing people together and maybe even hopefully helping people from um, both sides of the political aisle see things more clearly and eye to eye. So that's all I have for you today at People Talk. If you have questions, feel free to send me an email. I'm A.T. Hall at msu.edu, and this is Angela Hall. Thank you for joining me for this episode of People Talk. Thanks for listening to another episode of People Talk with Angela Hall. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with your friends and colleagues, and remember to subscribe to our show. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. 
Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.